This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 812.15. Follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email via Frank at AbsoluteRadio.co.uk. Okay. Okay, that's us. That's us described. Here's a, here's a funny thing, lady. <laughs> I went into a... Um, this is another Edinburgh reminiscence, even though it was two weeks oh. ago, but I forgot to tell you last week. There's a big um, sweet shop that's called something like the Cavalcade of Candy or something like that. <laughs> Might not be that. Mr. Wizpop's Fabulous Treats. <laughs> exactly. That sort of thing. And it's just sweets. And I yeah. went in there um, with my child and I said... Uh, Oh, I said, smell them sweets. It does make you feel like I might get some pick and mix or something. And um, I then went in a couple of days later, but uh, towards the end of the evening when there was less people, and I saw the guy... Um, Strange thing to do with your evening. Yeah. <laughs> the sweet shop. Yeah, it was about <laughs> eight o'clock. <laughs> and... Uh, um, somebody, uh, they said, can you turn the, turn the machine up a bit to one of the guys? And he went over and he turned this machine up and he went like... <sighs> and I realised it was the sweet smell. Oh. It was actually a machine pumping it out. To, I, no. And I'd fallen, I'd been drawn in by the lovely oh. smell of sweets and it was some synthetic... Oh. They lured you in as not well. Synthetic, not like those sweets. <laughs> no, no, but at least you the organic, oh natural. Yeah. You can't eat the machine. No, that's true. That's I've got a T-shirt with that on. Mm. It's a good band name. Yeah. Um, Mr. Fra Mr. Frank Skinner. Yeah. Whilst we're on the subject, you're going to call me Mr. Frank then, like because <laughs> the Basil Brush, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like, like a loyal retainer. Yeah. Mr. Oh, Mr. Frank. Well, in many ways. By the way, Mr. Frank. Yeah. Go on. Go on, Miss Emily. Well, whilst we're on the subject mm. of sweet things, yeah. um, I would like to send my gratitude to Anne from Tunnock's Tea Cakes. I'm so happy there's still people called Anne. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I met Anne with oh, the yeah. producer... On a delayed With train... her producer or yours? No, ours. OK. On a train from Edinburgh. We were stuck on a train for about uh, ten hours. Oh. No bathroom breaks for Ray. No, yeah. Oh, what yeah. does a dog do on a train for ten hours? That's classified. That's between me and the, my fellow passengers. <laughs> OK. Uh, but we met a charming lady, Frank, who worked for Tunnock's. Tonics is the uh, tea cake manufacturers. Scottish, I believe. Yes. In fact, Scottish I know weekend. they're Scottish because I did a TV series for a Scottish company and they sent me a sort of Tonics gift basket, oh. which was very I nice. I believe she worked for... It's a family business, Sir Archibald Boyd Tonic. <laughs> Is what I believe his full name. Archie Tonic, he was at school. <laughs> Fantastic. And was he in the Beano? Oh, he must have been. And uh, she sent us, well, I mean, you've already got stuck into the bucket hats. <laughs> yes, right. I can't wear, I'd love a bucket hat that fit me. Um, I see the England cricket team in bucket hats um, and they look so cool. But I was pointing out, I actually need 
because my head is so big, I need a literal bucket. <laughs> and it doesn't look so good, um, an actual bucket. So, um, although you get a chin strap, which you don't get with the, uh, the bucket hat. Um, <laughs> That's so, true, in high winds you'd be safe. And we've also got... But they are lovely. Do you know what I liked is when the, the trolley came round, she saw the caramel wafers, the Tungus caramel wafers, and Anne went... Oh, there they are. Oh, <laughs> lovely. A company woman. Yeah. There they were, because they're not here this morning. Because Can we say we're not sponsored by tonics? No. It's just an act of human kindness. They've not kindness. paid us anything. No, well, they've given us free tonics. They, get, they did give and us the some producer... particularly delicious milk chocolate ones. And then what happened to those, Frank? Well, the producer decided she was having them for herself, even though you'd done all the talking on the train, you'd made peace. I think you were the one who uh, provided the glass speeds by way of trade <laughs> and um, and then the producer took the milk chocolate which as we all know is better than dark chocolate I disagree um, do you? I do no, I'll tell you a little story after oh, this yeah. break okay. which will blow your mind <laughs> but she actually stole them away. we never saw them well, I had to find it out as well. I no. took a punt, didn't I? Frank? Great interrogation. It was very Columbo. How it did was. I do the interrogation? It was good. You said, oh, it's odd we don't have any milk chocolate ones. It's almost like, I bet they're in the producer's cupboard, at which point the producer went red. Yeah. <laughs> you got out your cigar. My, my wife's a big fan of Tunnock's tea. Yeah, so exactly. If I could yeah. just get a just sample. Oh, just just w- one just more, more thing. thing. Um, <laughs> did you have any milk chocolate? Uh, See, it seems strange that the most common yeah. type would not yeah, be in the Just one you? thing nagging at me. <laughs> just dark chocolate. Is that all they do, Tonics? <laughs> Frank Skinner. Can I tell you something, Pierre? Yeah. You've got quite a lot of food on your mouth. Oh, no. I didn't want to say that. I know, but someone's right got it. That's what friends are for. It's again. I once, I worked with a guy and he suddenly said to me, will you go up to the offices? Um, the offices was where the middle class people were. We thought they were middle class looking back. They were just like us pretending. <laughs> anyway, he said, can you go up to the offices and take this, um, take this up to Mary or whatever? So I went up and she said, I don't know what this is for. I don't understand. So I, went all the, I walked all the way through the offices back again. When I got back, he was killing himself and uh, I, I'd got um, can I say something on my nose oh and he deliberately sent me up to the offices so I could share it with everyone on the staff there's a strange noise strange. maybe you can't hear it at home it sounds like there's a mosquito in the microphone or a thing. very very slowly deflating uh, balloon do you know what it sounds like that sweet shop have been piping through some of that uh <laughs> Some yeah. of the fumes, the sweet fumes. Don't worry, the producer will sort it out. Um. Well, she would, but she's too busy eating those caramels. Too busy, like Lady Macbeth washing her hands <laughs> over and over trying to get the milk chocolate off them. <laughs> Did you know that um, Subway do the same thing with the smells? The, um, like, bread smell. No, do they? Well, there is Who's fake... drawn in by... Oh, the bread, bread is supposed to be how you sell your house, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Getting a lovely fresh baked bread smell in there. But yeah, I'm really, I'm really drawn in by <laughs> bread. I could make. Do you know what? I, I could be bread carbs. I'll buy this place. <laughs> also, it seems quite a large amount of money to part with. 
Uh, yeah. Just because, oh, it smells vaguely yeah, of Go to a bakery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a bakery. You think bakeries would be the easiest to sell by definition? Yeah, like exactly. Stank of bread. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there I must be a queue ha- in a bakery because <laughs> on the market. It's an estate agent saying we're going to be able to treble the price yeah. given yeah. the uh, the bread I've, smell. I've never been in a building that smelled this much of bread. <laughs> so we're very optimistic about <laughs> What is it they say, Frank? Is it coffee? and bread I think it's coffee as well is it coffee yeah. and bread is that um, is that a blur song <laughs> <laughs> this is the gentrification of park life uh, yes I um, here's a thing here's, here is a funny thing um, look there's a panic in the room there's this we can hear a strange noise maybe you can't st- hear it at home but I don't like I think it's interfering with my natural vibes <laughs> can we yeah. just ignore it and talk to me like a human being <laughs> Everyone's looking like there's gas leaking into the room. The producer will sort it out. I've got every fake in a last phrase in inverted commas. Mm. Okay. Here's the thing I want to tell you. I went to the proms on Saturday night. Did you? You know, the proms, oompa-pa, oompa-pa, you know, all that stuff. And um, classical music, yes. And... um, I went to see the Aurora Orchestra. Ever heard of them? No. no. Um, well, they've got a distinct thing which singles them out from the other orchestras. Are they green and they only appear in the Northern Hemisphere? No. Lovely. Very good, though. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good night. And they weren't at all Borealis, if no. you're going to suggest that. Oh. No, they memorise the music. Oh. Um, so they don't use sheet music at all. So um, they uh, they did a bit. Of, there was a bit of a speech before, in which a, a senior member there spoke about the trailblazing nature of this. Yeah, and um, I had what I would call a revelation, and I'll explain it after this. So I was at the proms, the Aurora Orchestra, who pride themselves on memorising the music rather than um, reading it off sheet music. And in fact, it was described by the lady who did the speech as trailblazing. And then I thought, oh, just a second, I've just done 30 shows in Edinburgh. <laughs> all memorised with (laughs) improvisation as well added yeah oh no one's describing me as trailblazing and then it occurred to me the classical music and your orchestra they've been getting away with it for years being on script they are the Lance Armstrong of the arts (laughs) with performance enhancing notes because if you think about it I don't just mean stand-up comedians but it's an opera. Singers. If you go to an opera, mm. the crowd save their loudest applause for the orchestra in a, yes, we know who the, the true stars of the show are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the ones with notes. They're the real <laughs> Sitting star. down. Sitting down. <laughs> Lazy. Sitting notes. down. The, new, the news readers <laughs> yeah, the ones, of the entertainment world. The ones killing the forests. <laughs> They're the heroes. Sitting Where down. these singers have had to learn every note off yeah. by heart. Ballet dancers rock musicians and classical musicians just take their notes on. Yeah. I don't know about you, but if I see a stand-up comic doing like, maybe you do it, Pierre, and I don't want to judge. Too late. 
I already have. Um, but, well, you know, they're doing work in progress and they've got notes and I think, don't insult me, is what I always think. Oh, they bring on the iPad. Oh. I think it's fine for work in progress. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't go to see orchestra in progress. No. Well, you don't. I don't. No. So it's really, a, it's not trailblazing. It's sort of levelling up. So did you sort of, I would call it immediately sort of stand up in the proms and start going boo? Well, I said to You've a couple been lying of people, all along. I said to a couple of people, "What's the fuss about?" I've been memorising shows for years, and they just looked at me like I was an oik. <laughs> exactly what, that. What would they say? Would they say, "Oh, but it's." Hard. Yeah. So you're I, right. I, I would say it's I'm very... just ballet and opera singing and acting. You do a Hamlet, you'll have to learn it. Yeah. Also, Frank, it's very nice, their little setup down there in that pit. They've got all lights, lovely, moody lights. It's like a little study down there. Yeah, the, 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 the arts equivalent <laughs> of the newsreader. There, there yeah. it is, and you read it out. You can, then you get all the plaudits. Absolute scandal. You've exploded it. I have, and it's about time. There's going to be a lot of very angry people in black tie outside your house. It reminds me of when I worked in, uh, when I worked in a factory in my early working days, and I was a labourer, and the other labourers would say, whoa, slow down a bit. We don't want every, the management thinking we can do 20 of these when we cannot, you know, we've been doing eight for years. It's like that. I bet they're saying to the Aurora Orchestra, hold on, don't let anyone know it's, it's memorisable. <laughs> You're getting in the way of a sweet deal. Yeah. It's like if I go to the circus... The people up in the air who have the safety net, I don't even watch that bit. I just look at my phone if they've got a safety net or a harness of any kind. Wow. Who cares? But if, they, if there's genuine danger, I'm hooked. What about when the clowns come out of the little car? Do you sort of watch them in the sort of respectful way you might watch a colleague? <laughs> yeah. Yes. People of the same stripe as us. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But even then, I'm hoping the car might over-explode, like in, uh, the, like in uh, the Italian job. I'm hoping they'll have some sort of emotional breakdown, generally, at that point. I always think if I was a clown and I, I had some again, no. and something <laughs> terrible happened to me and I was telling them about it, I'd like to enhance my state by making tears squirt out of my eyes about four feet to the distance. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, we've had a text oh, thing from... Uh, oh, no, a tweet, I apologise, not a text in. Uh, an X, do you mean? An X, sorry. Do you yes, call an, an individual post. thing, though? Yeah, what do you call a X's? Post. Well, let's not get on to that. X-Post. <laughs> um, they want us to call them... X-File. You've had an X-File come in. We've had an X-File come in. <laughs> All right. From Helen, who says, I'm on tenterhooks waiting for you to explain why milk chocolate is better than dark. Well, last and only last night, I give you a slice of my life. <laughs> last night, my partner... And my child and I sat at home watching athletics on the television. And um, Kat said, oh, I got some chocolate for my birthday. Would you like some? And we both um, became illuminated with anticipation. And she said, it's 100% cacao. <laughs> oh. And I thought, where did cacao come? What happens when it used to be like, we'd say cocoa? Yeah. But anyway, it became cacao. 
And I, I had a square, and a square of it was big. It was like two inches across. It was Is like it very a, dark? Like a paving. It didn't look any darker than your average, not very nice plain chocolate. And it was bitter as the cod. It was like eating a very bitter candle. <laughs> stuck, stuck to your lips and cloying. <laughs> oh. And me and Buzz were going, Oh! <laughs> it was. Oh, it's the worst thing I've ever had in my mouth. Oh. No milk solids. No nice creaminess. Nothing. To it. No yeah. sugar. And I bet there was a very artsy fartsy cardboard packaging as well. I didn't even. I think it came in a in a, one of those poo bags that people. <laughs> it should have. Hesse and sack. It was utterly. I would rather eat soil than 100% <laughs> cacao. Was it? Is it cacao? Is that what it's called? Cacao. Cacao. Mm. Cacao. It's the the very uh, sort of trendy, like, why not have a healthy treat and have a cacao nib? So we Googled it. um, Novelli style. Yes. Because that's a nice evening. And um, Googling your cacao. Yeah, so Kath read out remarks, which varied from most disgusting thing I've ever had, (laughs) cheers from me and Boz, to... Once you once you've had it a few times, I didn't like it at first, but we, but I thought, but well, boy, what are we persevering for? <laughs> we could have nice chocolate that just it's there at the door waiting for you, nice, not somewhere back deep in the house that you have to travel to. Also, the pure cacao is, a, is more expensive than the nice chocolate. Exactly, yeah, but why spend is more there... money on something nasty. Why is there a pain barrier you have to push on through? It, oh man! Exactly. If you were like, if you were personal trainer, said mm. it's very tough now to get easier. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. A relationship, maybe marriage, but am I? Yeah. Am I going to go the extra <laughs> mile for a hundred percent cacao? No. I'm never. I can say now. I will never ever eat that vile mock again. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Bye, bye, by the way. Um, earlier, earlier in this show, I mentioned Mrs. Colombo. Uh, as did. in, uh, you know, my wife, etc., etc. That was in reference to me. I've got, I've got to be honest, nailing the producer. I mean, yes. I, I really had a nail. Yes, you caught her, um, caught her brown-handed, <laughs> mm. having stolen the milk chocolate. Tonics. Yeah. Anyway, it occurred to me, and you know me, I'm always looking for a, a text in. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite on scene characters. Ooh. So yeah. I'm thinking. Oh, you're um, good, Frank Skinner. Although she did have a spin off series, Mrs. Columbo, which bombed, and I don't think it was ever shown in England. Well, I suppose in that series, Columbo is the unseen character. Oh, I don't know. He might have. You know, when they bring them in to help the spin off. Try and juice the. Yeah, the yeah. way... Um, I, I don't th- know if he'd have done it. I think Morph appeared in the first Laverne and Shirley just to push them away from the jetty, <laughs> so <laughs> to speak. Was Charlie ever seen in Charlie's Angels? Um, I don't believe he was. I'm I sure don't know. readers can tell us. Oh, there was yeah. the man who was his sort of um, assistant. Bosley. Sort of Bosley. Yes. Was he? Sort of butler going. Arteria was guy. never seen, I think. In, if any of you are old enough to remember Rompole of the Bailey oh, with yes. Leo McKern, he would speak of she who must be obeyed. <laughs> in fact, 
fact, I think she might sit in the chair currently. Of the unseen of characters. Of the unseen characters, there'll, yeah. there'll, be, there'll be others. Can we count... Or, or semi-count um, that that sort of the red-headed character from Happy Days who just went upstairs at one point and never came down again. Is that is that <laughs> right? Yeah, they cut him after a yeah, couple there of was episodes. One in him. Who was that? There was an American soap where a man went out to chop wood and was never referred to ever again. You assume there was some terrible Fargo-type incident. Yes. Fishy agents. Yeah. By the way, Chris Hardy. Chris Hardy has been in touch, Frank. Chris Hardy stopped me in the street in Edinburgh. You know when people stop you in the street and they say, Do you can I have a selfie or something like that? You know that, guys. Well, she <laughs> said to me, I've done a portrait of you. I mean, that no one's... Well, about four people have said it over a long period. And, uh, and she has. And she sent it to me. And it's lovely. And it's based on, I believe it's Franz Howell's um, Buffoon with Loot. Is it really called Buffoon with Loot? Buffoon with Loot. I don't mean as in Elon Musk. I mean Loot. <laughs> loot as in the instrument. Yes. Loot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's and a fantastic ju- painting. We've just had a look, and I to the lascivious like pleasing of a lute, as Richard the Third said. <laughs> yes, we'll put it up on our thing. It's me in in as the buffoon, but instead of a lute, I've got a a banjolele. Mm. I think she's really captured something. I do, I like it. Well done, Chris Hardy. You can check out her website. Um, It's called chrishardyart.org. It's not called Kiss Me Hardy. It isn't called Kiss Me Hardy. Um, um, No. You don't want to attract unsavoury types. No, I think it was... (laughs) Looking back, it was fine. (laughs) At the time, we didn't know, you see. At the time, we thought, ooh, ooh. But now, we're thinking uh, ahead of his time, Nelson. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 8-12-15. I'm already laughing at saying X. I haven't got to it yet. <laughs> Follow us on X and Instagram, Frank on the Radio. Email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I had a letter from John Walsh. Do you remember who John Walsh is? You won't remember. If you remembered I... this, I'd give you a rosette. <laughs> With oh, memory, well, man. so I can look like a seventies Tory MP. You don't, what? <laughs> I don't think a member of the Aurora Orchestra would have remembered this, <laughs> with their tremendous memory feats. But here we go. I do remember vaguely. Frank. Do you remember I got a big book on Conan the Barbarian? Yes. The, the movie. Yes. yes. And it was written by John Walsh, that book. I, well, I've met several times at Doctor Who events at the BFI. That's nice. Nevertheless, um, it said the publisher sent you an early copy, so I didn't get a chance to sign it. The book plate sticker and bookmark are enclosed. So he sent me a signed oh. sticker, which I've put in. But then he, um, then he started riffing. <laughs> Uh, John Walsh. Publishers tell me that the number one bookmark is a train ticket. Right. I was surprised given how few paper tickets are in circulation. My preference is a cinema or theatre ticket. Now, I went through a period, I've talked on the show about this, of trying to find a bookmark opposite to the book. 
Oh, I see. Thematically linked. So if I read The Fall by Albert Camus, I might use a, a fall ticket stop from when I went to see The Fall. Oh, I see. But they're not always that precise, but I do try and get them mm. close. Like read? if I was reading Tarzan, Tarzan of the Apes, I might use a banana as a bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he said, you asked, there's more from John Walsh. You asked last week, what were the most bought things not used much? I think I suggested the Rubik's Cube. Mm. Oh, and yes. um, Professor Stephen Hawkins, A Brief History of Time. There were other suggestions. He said, but how about the most used things that are not often bought? i.e. the bookmark. Oh, okay. I would say the coat hanger might be in that. Oh, you yeah. see, I deviate from the I do buy coat hangers. You buy coat hanger. No, they just come. If you wait, Not they'll wood. come. <laughs> Not wood. And I have to have wood. Oh. I've had crocheted ones that have just appeared. <laughs> if like... you build it, I mean the wardrobe, yeah. they will come. If you assemble it, they will yeah, come. Just well, build a wardrobe and wait. Do you tolerate wire hangers? <laughs> oh, yeah. I particularly like a wire hanger with its little fitted cardboard shelf mm. to oh. save the trousers. Oh, you know I find I mean? that a bit delusions of grandeur when it gets the cardboard out. Oh, Just dear. accept that you're wire. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, Pia? Do you hang, if you hang a suit, mm. do you hang them on one hanger or do you have those separate trouser hangers that one sees. Oh, the sort of rectangular hangers. Yes. No, I, I've got those sort Rectangers, of... Rectangers, I call them. The rectangers? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I use. I always use that for my suits, Frank. Have a little... Don't you like the clippies? No, I, what, the separate... Uh, yeah, the I know, I don't like that mysterious plastic <laughs> I've, string I've, that goes across <laughs> it. What? What's that for? I've got some of those hangers that look look like they're sort of coat hangers that have been to the gym. Oh, the shoulder padded. Oh, those with the big shoulders, with yeah. Play, for, for jackets. You and, would have those, and muscle man. And that's Conan got... the Barbarian hangers. <laughs> I was snobbed, by the way, by Pierre this week. I what? What happened? How are you snubbed? I'm doing, I'm doing a week in the West End with my stand-up show, and I, they, and I said, well, I want Pierre as my uh, support. <gasps> oh, Pierre's on tour, I was told. When? Tighty! Tighty! This week. No, no, um, end of October. Oh, yes. I Halloween probably shouldn't have announced tour. it. You know this idea that you can't announce things that are going to happen? What oh. difference does it make? <laughs> <laughs> what difference? Tell, no one's ever told me what difference. We all have to announce it on the same day. I'm never clear on the surprise aspect. You know? No. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm doing a week at the Lyric at the end of October. If you want to get tickets, get in early. <laughs> I don't know who my support will be because my first choice <laughs> knocked me back. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, you ha were talking earlier about unseen characters, off-screen characters, essentially, mm. in uh, TV shows, and our readers, they've delivered. 
They really have, haven't they? Yes, the correspondence has exploded. I mean, I don't know if we can count this. I'm going to. It's not a drama, but the banker in Deal or No Deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's a good one. The banker. banker. It was a little bit flirty with me when I was on Deal or No Deal. Really? Really? Did you meet the banker when you were on Deal or No Deal? No. But it got a bit, um, oh, I'll see you after, sort of thing, doing the phone call. (laughs) I I read somewhere that Skippy the Bush Kangaroo was actually five kangaroos that were kept in a knotted sack in the back of a transit van. (laughs) And they picked out the one that looked the most alert for the next um, scene. And was a wallaby. Uh, Was it a wallaby? Yeah, just lied to us. I mean, that's outrageous. Um, So I wonder if there were several bankers. No, there was one man. Really? I had information about this. I knew someone who knew him. No, you're not allowed to meet him. He's like, what was that guy on Top Gear? Zig or something? (laughs) The The Stig. The Stig. You called him Zig? Yeah, Zig. I never watched that. No interest in cars. No. (laughs) Whatsoever. No. Uh, Rob Freeman, I hope you're comfortable with this, Frank. I think this is respectful, the way it's put. Uh, Unseen characters, God on Songs of Praise. I think that is good. I like it. I like it. It's acknowledging that he is a character. No, no, I like it. Or she. Or she. she. I think he and she, probably. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maris from Frasier. In his likeness, male and female, he made them. There you are. Go on. Okay. Maris from Frasier. Maris. Uh, Niles Crane's wife. Yeah, Frank oh, won't watch that. I That's know. not very Frank. I don't like the American um, <laughs> things that people talk about in the office. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like American things. I like some American. Things. I haven't really watched American TV shows since they weren't wearing Stetsons. <laughs> You'd like Frasier. It's, it's sort of. Uh... I think I've seen. I have seen Frasier. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah, Maris is... There was an English lady in it, wasn't yes. there? Yes. Yeah. OK. And we've also had, we've had a lot of people <laughs> Good saying... Good summary. <laughs> there was yeah. an English woman in it. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I good. just needed a point of contact. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, dear. We've had a lot of people saying her indoors, of course. Oh, yes. Uh, Arthur Daly, that was, was yeah, it? Yeah, uh, Minder. Minder. I'm I'm worried that we've we've uncovered something here. What? To with the wife. My wife. My wife. She must be obeyed. Her indoors. There's an element of it's the the, the women of the unseen. Yes, um, and uh, Captain Ma- Captain Mannering's wife as well, who's been mentioned here. Okay, mm. a lot. Yeah. Did um, she? She was named, was she at least? Well, Richie Rich says, favourite unseen character, Mrs Captain Mannering, always Elizabeth on the end of the phone line. Closest we got to seeing her on screen yeah. was a large droop in the air raid shelter top bunk bed that <laughs> Mannering hit his head against. That was the closest they got to feminism in the 70s. Just or, a large The fact that she was named. <laughs> she people, had a name. She actually had a complaining. name. Complaining. I can't believe they named the wife. Well, are women. Women's libbers have <laughs> been burned in their bras. Frank, just to restore balance, though, some uh, characters of all genders are in this. Oh, good. From Mark Allen. Favourite unseen characters, Shane 2. 
Oh, that is <laughs> cruel and cutting. In case you don't know, I wrote an entire sitcom. We filmed it, we edited it, we polished it up. The sound dub was done, it was delivered to ITV, and there it remains. <laughs> On a shelf, unseen. Hmm. Yeah, good point, though. Frank Skinner Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've been discussing uh, greatest uh, unseen characters. Yeah. And uh, I I rather like this one. I think this will appeal to you as well. Uh, Godo. Dean has suggested. Oh, we've had God and God. Oh, mm. <laughs> Fantastic. And Shane too, lest we forget. Yes, yes, we've had that. A few people getting in touch saying the thing upstairs from Trapdoor. Feed me. That kid's cartoon, no? Oh, I don't, I don't like, I don't I don't like kid's that. cartoon. I don't know that. I thought you guys would... How I, do I know a British reference? And you I guys only don't? ever watched one kid car- kids cartoon, and that was uh, oh, yes, Hair Bear Bunch. Obsessing. I just found them depressing. <laughs> Hair Bear Bunch, yeah. I, At I the Wonderland wa- Zoo. Ah, ba, ba, ba. It just felt vaguely <laughs> aspirational. That they were making their houses nicer. You know, the Hair t- Bear Bunch. Yeah, I like. That. I thought they were aspirational characters. They dressed nicely. I find cartoon characters very depressing. What about Yogi people. Bear? He's aspirational. He wants picnic baskets. Oh, really depressing life. <laughs> In the woods. He just wears a hat. He's what are you, a bear or a man? Pick a lane. Uh, all right, all right. Oh, Pierre's asked that two yeah. or three times a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I got enough of that at home. <laughs> I need to come to the radio station and have that thrown in my face. Frank Steve Burgess. Yes. The Steve Burgess. What does that sound like? It sounds like he should be something. Steve Burgess. Mm. A, 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 Where should he work? A traitor. <laughs> Wasn't Burgess and McLean <laughs> yes, the two of the... Yes, yes. <laughs> With Traitor Blunt, of Steve course. Steve Traitor Burgess. <laughs> uh, the teacher on the Charlie Brown cartoons. Yes. Well, we wah, hear, wah, 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 we wah, do wah. hear them, though, don't we? Well, we hear wah, wah, wah. Yeah, we do hear that. Mm. Oh, they don't do what 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 do they? Mm. That's yeah, how they talk. Then they go. Yeah, but I didn't know that. That's how it goes. I used to love those Charlie Brown cartoons. They were good, and the fun dancing style of Snoopy the dog. Yeah, and that sort of slightly disturbing piano. Yeah, I found that so depressing. Slightly discordant or sort of oddly. Paste, mm. an unsettling watch. Memorised, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, Probably Ma- wasn't. Mark has been in touch. Oh, you're all classical musicians. <laughs> couldn't be bothered. Who was that person? We need to dig that out, Pierre. Someone rather brilliant also pointed, uh, messaged us to point out that it's uh, they're dependent on someone else to tell them what to do, i.e. the conductor. Yeah, they can't, can't even, even do ke- their job without guidance. Can't even yeah. keep time. <laughs> You'd think keeping time might be a thing a musician could do. This thing is a house of cards is collapsing in front of us. This has been a scam. What a it con. is classical music, hiding in plain sight. <laughs> By the way, um, you'll never guess who was Principal Bassoon in that uh, 
Orchestra. Ooh, I should say that Mark Rylands. The Rites of Spring, as performed by the Aurora Orchestra, is the most I've ever enjoyed a classical music. It was brilliant. Mm. So it was brilliant. That's because they learnt it. And on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they practiced. It'd be better if they weren't just reading it. <laughs> uh, you know, you turn the page, Jeff, like that. <laughs> but principal bassoon was Amy Harmon, the daughter of Harriet. Oh. oh! If you gosh. remember, one said to me at the opera, well, don't tell me you like opera. Oh, <laughs> very progressive. <laughs> I like the idea of um, a character called Principal Bassoon. Yeah, that would be in... Uh, Greece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Exactly. laughs> National Lampoon. <laughs> no, it'd be too much like Lampoon. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't let it get through the meeting. Uh, ah, yeah. All right, well, it's not actually being suggested, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I thought... Oh. Frank Mark has been in touch. Sorry, I thought that was a dog barking. No. Carry on. <laughs> uh, dear Frank and team, I'm 100% with you on the subject of milk versus dark chocolate. Oh, God, yes. Gavin? Why is there even a debate about it? But I tell you what I wouldn't say. It's not graded in quality. Mm. So I don't necessarily feel that Milky Bar is better than milk. It doesn't get better as it gets lighter. No. There is a there is a via media, which is milk chocolate, and that to me is the pinnacle. Although you introduced me to something pretty special, which was a buzz discovery, I believe. Oh well, blonde oh. chocolate is. Oh. I mean, I put Blondie. that out on its own. Blonde chocolate. Blonde chocolate is um, the creme de la creme. <laughs> Plain chocolate is chocolate for people who don't like chocolate. I really? Yeah. Plain chocolate? Plain chocolate is people trying to be a bit serious. You are layering. Do you know what I always felt it was? Upon opinion on no, people's chocolate preferences. I always felt it was something like you always bought your dad in the 70s because the concept of chocolate was a bit babyish. Yeah, it's like people say, oh, I don't have a television. <laughs> oh, I like plain chocolate. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but, what, what, but where do you put fruit and nut in all this, Frank? But that doesn't fit into plain chocolate, does it? Some of those ads are a no, bit problematic, I mean, uh, so can we be careful there? OK? Some of those TV ads are a bit problematic. So were they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, everyone's... Yeah, yes. OK, Frank. Yeah. I think you can still get away No, I back. don't think... Let's not risk it. You mean it. The back when they said, fruit and nut, Hitler's favourite treat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very problematic. Can I finish what Mark was going to say? Yeah, always? sorry, sorry, Mark. Mark continues... Gavin Rankin, Gavin Rankin, owner of Bellamy's Restaurant in Mayfair, where the late Queen ate celebratory meals on a number of occasions. Mm. Famously there, they serve a bowl of milk chocolate galaxy minstrels at the end of each meal and wait for the most brilliantly posh thing ever, saying, one should never underestimate the honest appeal of cheap chocolate. Wow. It's a damn great and truly classy joint. Good enough for Her Late Majesty. So the Queen would eat well, at chocolate least, at skittles? We, that's Unclear. not confirmed. It is implied that Her <laughs> Majesty... That's yet to be confirmed, but exactly. It's implied this was a tradition they embraced and she would have similarly... You, you have to be like a sort of equerry. We can confirm that Her Majesty <laughs> was presented with the minstrels <laughs> as to the consumption of well. <laughs> <laughs> she was a, f- a famously good appetite, though, the Queen. Oh, yeah? Was she? Did At she? At school, she was known as Elizabeth II's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Really? Yes. Are you actually doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I was there when she uh, got her birthday cake on her 93rd birthday, and that was a, that was a big one. Was yeah. it? Yeah. She had tiny arms as well. No, she That's couldn't completely called... embrace it. <laughs> That's what they <laughs> called her, Elizabeth Rex. Oh, oh, yeah, there we go. I feel we're on a declining scale. <laughs> yes. Well, you <laughs> helped talk us get there, again. mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to talk orchestra. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. And now, Frank. Uh, your, your my favourite dream of yours that you've ever had. <laughs> yes, I don't normally tell people. Eight twelve fifteen. Yeah. Favourite dream that Frank Skinner has ever had. Yes. What about my one when <laughs> Judy Finnegan was driving me to a tort bike, <laughs> Chancellor Helmut Cole, and I'm honestly not mad. This was a dream. <laughs> And we got there, and I sit next to Judy, and at one point she just stands up with a pistol and shoots Helmut Cole. <laughs> but anyway, wow. I had another one when there was something terrifying at the top of the stairs. Yeah. And it was Dracula. <laughs> and when I woke up, I was so embarrassed that my subconscious was so root one as to go... I'm thinking... I woke up thinking, Dracula, is that the best you can come and up it with? it wasn't even like a kind of modern, like, a, oh, no. it's Dracula, but we were giving him like kind of quite no, animalistic... I'd done nothing no, with I, it. No, I decided <laughs> also, Frank, it. was it Dracula in the fancy dress? Opera. It was absolutely Clo- always slightly overdressed. Like I say, people say... I to Dracula all the time. Oh, you're going somewhere nice. I always dress <laughs> like this. And he's, he's got a sort of MBE around his neck or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, like medal there. He's or also, I reckon he, do you think he has pyjamas with those stiff collars at the top? <laughs> yeah, he probably has a T-shirt with the badge and the tie and everything. Yeah, I like yeah, Cliff yeah, Richard yeah. used to wear it with the suit on. Just for a bit of Netflix and chill tonight. <laughs> do you think with his collars, like, I can't get them to stay down? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, there's an interesting article as a, as a fan of Dracula. Yeah, we've just warmed up the Dracula bed, now we can jump into it together. <laughs> that, oh, it, no, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Come on, fire it out. Um, allegedly, perhaps, the real-life Dracula was a, a vegan. A palace, a, a, a palace. castle spokesman. <laughs> a castle spokesman. <laughs> we don't like to talk about the Count's diet. But we, um, they think he was a vegan. They think he, he was, was a vegan. Well, he was based... The theory is... Who's this, the, the impa- Mr Impaler? Well, the theory is that Bram Stoker, who wrote uh, Dracula, based him on um, a 15th century nobleman called Vlad the Impaler. Mm. Um, yeah. Who, it said in the article, also known as Vlad Dracula, which I didn't know. Mm. So he didn't even make the name up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there a Mr. Dracula home? <laughs> Speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. C- letter from Mr. C. Dracula. Igor's there saying, you have to hide better than this. Igor's <laughs> Frankenstein. Igor's the other I'm one. Getting, oh, I'm getting my fans. Yeah. Do you know what? Renfield. I actually Renfield. find that very offensive to <laughs> yeah. the impaler community. <laughs> Renfield. 
to the impaling community, I should That's say. what I'm thinking of. What are you thinking? Isn't Renfield his assistant? Dracula? Well, Renfield is sort of imprisoned by him. He Hang goes up. there. He's a sort of an estate. Isn't he a sort of estate agent? Yeah, but he becomes a sort of minion of Dracula's. <laughs> well, they all do on Spitten. Anyway, we're not anyway. here to recount. recount. <laughs> so, um, are we? To recount. Uh, <laughs> we, we do know what he looked like, though, don't we? Yeah, well, we know what um, Vlad the Impaler looked like. He had like swollen us. nostrils, bushy black eyebrows mm. and a moustache. Mm. Yeah. What do you think of that? And he used to say <laughs> stuff like, well, that is the worst thing I ever heard. <laughs> if I dance any closer, I'll be in back of you. <laughs> I think that was... Uh, she was so thin, she swallowed a tomato and three guys left town. Uh, that's, that's what he was like. They get into a taxi and 42 people would come out the other side. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner. on Absolute Radio. Next. <laughs> well, we were on uh, Dragula. Oh, we were talking about Vlad the Impaler, yes. the man who Dracula was based on. There was a revelation yes. this week. Yeah. That he may have been... A vegan. Yeah, vegan Dracula yeah. was the uh, headline. Which, I don't know, instantly made me sing vegan Dracula <laughs> to the tune of Nat King Cole's Unforgettable. <laughs> vegan Dracula, that's what you are. Vegan Dracula, Dracula. we're near or far. Anyway, um, um, I, I quite like the article headline. Nothing screams bloodthirsty vampire quite like the name Dracula. No, well, that, yes, that is true. They're <laughs> mm, not wrong. Would you say though? I think this isn't great for Dracula's brand, is it? It's not great for vegans' brand, no. especially when you couple it with. Wasn't Hitler a vegetarian? Yes, that's a theme here. Oh no! These people suppress their physical appetites, but their mental appetites go through the ceiling. <laughs> Maybe not these people. Well, it makes sense that Dracula was a vegan, though, because he was terrified of steaks. Ah, uh, <laughs> very good. I like that. Thank you. Oh, I God. wondered if they could have mixed him up with Vlad the Impala. <laughs> which I believe are vegans. Okay. You would know. There must be, you must have seen impalers in the wild, Pierre. Have you? Thousands. Uh, have you? Loads, yeah. Mm. Okay. They're, 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 are they nice, are they? Uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of what they call the McDonald's of the bush. What do you mean? They're what everyone eats. They're just oh, food dear. running around. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> bush, he doesn't have our sensitivities, Frank. No, you only uh, British British <laughs> people only like animals with eyelashes. <laughs> oh. Donkeys, deer, anything with eyelashes. Don't you judge us. <laughs> he had I, long uh, eyelashes, Vlad. Did he? Yeah, I actually think he sounds quite good looking. Vlad. Do you, well, there is a portrait of him. I liked it. What I saw. Vlad. The thing that sticks in my mind about Vlad. Obviously, the the, the impaling. Apart from he the basic impact. That <laughs> <laughs> will stick in your mind. Yeah, it, it's, it's odd because it's it's weird. From the legend, what if he has taken it from Vlad the, the Impaler? Mm. He sort of take because Vlad the Impaler, I think, had wooden stakes at the bottom of his castle that he used to throw people onto or have them thrown. Yeah. And the fact that he has Dracula killed by a wooden stake is a bit the biter bit, oh, as it yeah. were. Oh, I see, he got his revenge. 
But one thing that the, the historical Vlad famously did was a group of um, diplomats went to talk to him about his treatment of the local villagers. <laughs> And he sent them back with their hats nailed to their heads. Mm. Oh. I mean, it was windy, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually... He, he's he, quite considerate in his he own He invented way. the hat pin. Vlad <laughs> 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 In its early form. I, um, I bet he was quite hard work to have a relationship with. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he was married... Mrs. Impaler. Vlad the Impaler, never married. Oh. <laughs> what a shame. What about when he attends royal balls? <laughs> Vlad and the Lady Impaler. <laughs> Impaler. I could imagine in Hampstead meeting a posh and pretty young girl called something like Impaler Jackson yes, Lou. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I think we should. If you inter- don't mind, it's Mrs. Impaler to you. I think we should uh, in- encourage Impaler to become uh, a-, a name. Yeah. I was going to say a Christian name, but I don't know what his beliefs were. I think he might have been one of yours. Frank, Do you think? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say he followed the teaching of the Nazarene <laughs> to the letter. <laughs> but you know, he got confused. Yeah. Uh, no, he's. Um, Certainly doesn't react well to crosses currently. But it's no. Oh. <laughs> but it is. Um, it's a shocker, isn't it? The the vegan. What about the impaler? Have you only just hurt? It's not the vegan thing. It's uh, it's just not right. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, We're talking about the impalers. Yes, and vegan Dracula. Yes. And they've discovered this, Frank, uh, because I think it's letters, is it? Is it an old letters? Yes. You might think that the way to discover if Dracula is vegan is just to ask him. But um, the historical Dracula is actually dead. So they had to use uh, the the team at, where is it, the University of Catania? Catania? Mm. Somewhere in Italy. Mm. Uh, Extracted blood, sweat, fingerprints and saliva, messy writer, from a letter... It must yeah, have been a hell of a letter, hadn't you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I bet he wrote a lot of letters like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I bet it was about parking, local parking. He's just furious. <laughs> he wrote uh, dis- ca- Disgusted Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. He was writing to the council all the time. Yeah, there was three tickets on his coach when he went out to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll nail this to their heads. Oh, you've done that already. <laughs> Do Have a new thing. They kept missing his bin collection. I bet he's got that. Trust me, he had big bin collections, right? But I bet when he got the tickets, he put them on one of those metal spikes where you put your paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) The only ever eating uh, shish kebabs just... Oh, in every aspect of his life. Vlad. And in pain. So it turns out he wasn't a bloodthirsty monster. He was a bit more halloumi and roasted cauliflower. He thirsted for nutrition. Well, he had um, a, a, a disease I wasn't familiar with, but it sounds awful. In that he absolute um, radio. They think he cried. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Has it gone too dark for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs>
two dogs for breakfast. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I was dancing in my chair. Yes, there's an illness where you cry tears of blood. Like uh, Le Chiffre. Well, Le Chiffre I had it in Casino Royale. Uh, I think I once did it in uh, Smethic <laughs> Supplementary Benefit Office. <laughs> When it was suggested I might look for work. <laughs> Too dark for breakfast! <laughs> so they, they tested all the, the saliva and the DNA to discover this disease and, and, and to discover the, the, the diet. That is a yeah. real thing, isn't it? Yes. Then that you the weeping no, the tears. No, they think they really do think he had it. Yes. That's is that just got, a happy coincidence? That's how he got well not the happy, I shouldn't think. <laughs> but um Um the but Nazarene did it in the Garden of Gethsemane. Really? Mm, just really? saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, uh, they say that he... <laughs> Too religious for breakfast! <laughs> so, um... They say that this, this letter, though, that was, wasn't to the council. No. Um, it was written to the burghers of Sibiu, by, okay. uh, by Dracula, and he of course informed... he didn't like burgers. <laughs> no, he wanted to have this. Is I strongly I may object. I suggest you have a portobello mushroom <laughs> instead. There are plenty of decent uh, plant-based so substitutes. He wrote, he wrote to the the townsfolk of Sibiu. I bet he uh, did to inform them that he would soon be living in their village. In the... <laughs> oh, great! Yeah. News. Imagine getting that letter. But there is nothing more frightening. <laughs> Than discovering that a vegan is coming to visit. <laughs> no, that's you know, <laughs> yeah. to try and, uh, How do we cater to him? Do you think they wrote back to they wrote back to him with dietary requirements? <laughs> no, it's all right. Just bring yourself. Yeah. Can I bring anything? We tried to fight him with garlic. He just ate it. <laughs> <laughs> you never touch those virgins. Oh God. Oh God. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Can I say, by the way, we, we've been talking about um, Vlad the Impaler being a vegan based mm. on scientific research. And I fully expect it, whenever we talk about research on this programme, yep. at the end, it's usually been done by Toblerone yes. or Inside Soap yes. magazine. <laughs> This was done by the journal Analytical Chemistry. <laughs> yes. So I think this is the real thing. Although I did, uh, I was going to save this till the end, put on my uh, fact-based ruin the fun hat. Oh, oh God. Here we go. <laughs> we do love you for that, as long as you put it on at the end. Yeah. yeah. Long, here he is to pop the balloon. <laughs> We've all spent a little bit of time each blowing up the balloon, and now it's time. We've to all fun. had way too much fun. Right, time for bed, everyone. Big cold <laughs> bed of facts. I'm a bit skeptical of this. Why? Because often that this kind of ruler wouldn't be the one writing their own letter, so the saliva and the fingerprints would be of his servants. Yeah, but Vlad was the a monks. control freak. Oh, he is. I think he wrote his own letters. Mm. Some of the some of the rulers were cur- It was illiterate. signed, but um, maybe they got it all from the signature. Those were just two puncture holes from a stapler. <laughs> <laughs> Did it say, <laughs> Did it say <laughs> signed? <laughs> what does it say? 
Vlad Dracula. Too obvious. Just say Vlad. Signed Vlad brackets Dracula. Just in case you didn't know. I was trying to think of like rebranding Dracula stuff for if he was vegan, right? So you know how original Dracula turns into a bat? Flies away. Oh, 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 so, like a, a, just like a, a, a dandelion just drifts away. Oh, no. <laughs> like that? That would be the vegan version? I think to rebrand Dracula, maybe, if mm. we, he needs to come out with some sort of leisure wear. Just sort of like, look, no, I'm never, quite... Never. Really? Oh, dra- Drackies. Drackies. <laughs> Get your Drackies on. <laughs> no, Dracula and a loose pair of sweatpants. I think it's formality. Really? You can't yeah. ever see him in a baseball cap? I can imagine oh, as well. That I, hair, though. I once met... Um, <laughs> The celebrity homosexual Quentin Crisp, <laughs> and he um, he was one of the first high-profile gay men. And he was um, I saw his off-Broadway show, and his whole thing was that he always wore he never washed anything, he never cleaned his yeah. flat, mm. and he was very powdered. And he had dust on his shoulders. I mean, mm. he really did look like a Victorian. Or sort of Edwardian gentleman had appeared from the past, yeah. and I imagine that um, that uh, Dracula. I, I think he just wears that stuff all the time. I think he must smell a bit of the the mortuary. Yeah. Yes, I imagine the cloak was a little bit shiny as well. Yeah, I don't think he's he's like he's just you know left his valet after a shower and everything, got a new set of uh, <laughs> nice gear. There are no dry cleaners open at night. <laughs> no, drac cleaners. Drac cleaners. Um, I was trying to think as well of because you know the the Dracula phrases. I want to suck your blood. Mm. Did he you ever say that? Did, did he say that? That was just Mike Yarwood. That was just. <laughs> yes, it was a bit more too wrong. idea of Dracula, God bless him. But I thought, what's the vegan version of that? Mm. And the best, because I, I wanted it to scan. You know, I wanted it to rhyme. Okay. The best I could do is I want to munch your spuds. Yeah, that's the closest. The trouble I is get. with that; it doesn't sound literal. No. no. It sounds, it, it sounds very, Quentin Crisp. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> he oh would God. never have said that. <laughs> He was class personified. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Okay, Nostradamus. Mm. Uh, Justin of Earlwood. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> that a nice friend of uh, Robin of Sherwood. It is a bit like that, yeah. Has got in touch regarding people seen off screen. Or people not, what do we call it again, Frank? Unseen, Unseen characters. characters. Unseen characters, yeah. Robin Masters, the owner of the estate in Magnum P.I. Oh, God, that is a bit... I do remember Robin being referred to by Tom. So, look, I was once uh, introduced on... Um, is, it, is it Front Row, the arts programme on Radio 4? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. I was introduced as a, a public intellectual. <laughs> and I put forward the idea that um, Magnum was a public intellectual. People misunderstood the initials. P.I. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't think he was, to be fair. We had a... TBF. No. We, we had a couple of people trying to claim that Nelson's last words were kismet hardy. As, as in, in fate. As in fate. Yeah. But um, the, 
the sources do not. It, it's possible, but I don't I've know why. About, as, uh, as, as you were dying, you'd suddenly speak Turkish. Well, I think people did use kismet. In fact, there's an Elvis Presley song well, called Kismet. The, I've heard this kismet theory, but stop being spoiled, sports. Well, the Greenwich, the Greenwich Maritime Museum says the. Kismet only really starts appearing in sources after 1805, so it's very unlikely. Oh, you know what I love there, Pierre? I haven't had that for ages. What's that? It was very history teacher when they speak about history in the present tense. They say, and Kismet only really starts appearing. Oh, yeah. You know when they do that? So, of course, Henry yes. VIII only really starts it's, destroying it, the monastery. Doesn't it sound like a lot of men? In billiard room, saying you well, couldn't possibly have said "kiss me, Hardy." Something, something like that in the navy. Yeah, exactly. I won't hear of it. Yeah. I won't hear of it. It was definitely Turkish. So that's what I, I'm surprised they let him speak Turkish. Yeah. I mean, that's how desperate they were. Yeah, to someone, make him head to sex. I'm just saying. Well, what's more likely, a man kissing a man in the navy We've or speaking Turkish? An exactly. Obscure Turkish word. Yeah, exactly. There is a there is a George Formby song <laughs> called "If Men Like Them Like." women like those why don't women like me yes i know that and there's a song he he refers to um um the lady hamilton relationship with uh, Mm. nelson um he says take one take lord nelson with one limb lady lady emma (laughs) hamilton she fell for him with one eye and one arm gone west she run like the devil and she grabbed the rest Oh, if women oh, like dear. them, like men, like very fine uh, scent grasp of history, Formby. <laughs> yeah. yes. Formby Junior. Do you think maybe more people would know their history better if it was delivered by sort of high-pitched ukulele accompaniment? Uh, yeah. Well, there's also Singing. a Napoleon. It's all about why did women go for ugly men? So mm. why did she go for? Um, but it's. Um, uh, Generally, money. she was the most. It talks about late Empress Josephine. Um, something like the loveliest woman that was ever seen, but Napoleon, short and fat, captivates a lovely-looking dame like that. <laughs> well, George, perhaps if you'd conquered Egypt, you'd also have a nice new girlfriend. Sort of playing the ukulele all the time. <laughs> Instead, he had Beryl, who screamed at him and told him what to do. Oh, life! <laughs> Ooh, life, everybody. Ooh, life. Oh, I really feel like another round of that, but I better not. No. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. We had a text from 454 regarding Quentin Crisp. Oh, yeah. Back in the late 40s and early 50s, my mother, as a young teenager, used to get the bus home from work in Pimlico and often shared a seat and chatted too. Uh, uh, Quentin Chris. Brilliant. I met him. I met him after the yeah. show in... Uh, well, she says... Uh, she NYC. Always, <laughs> she always commented on how polite he was and his purple-painted finger and toenails. Yeah. No, he he, he was uh, a courageous man. But I can't imagine... How is she seeing his toes? He probably wore a sandal. I can't picture him wearing a sandal. It depends if it was an like Edwardian that. sandal. Yes, yes. Maybe a slingback. Never heard oh. of such a concept. Did they have sandals in Edwardian times? Surely they had sandals Did... in Roman times. <laughs> well, Romans, but it was a bit more outdoorsy, their culture. Well, not if they Did... were stuck on Adrian's wall looking out for pigs. <laughs> And did Scotties, Frank, did the Edwardians Irish, embrace an open-toed shoe? Who? The Edwardians. Did they embrace an open-toed shoe? I don't know. 
Um, I don't know what the, the, the Edwardians embraced. Frank, there's a man opposite us currently at yes. Absolute Radio Towers on a balcony. He looks like some sort of George Clooney Nespresso ad. No what? payment. Um, but don't you think it looks like a sort of coffee ad? Well, he's, what he's doing is he's smoking out of the window. He's on the balcony. And he's got a, a white vest on. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. These are the conditions we're working under. Yeah, uh, so you think it'd be a sort of voiceover of, of like... A Energy is the most important part of the universe. So <laughs> some rambling, indirect allusion to coffee. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Or maybe one of those... What's that French beer that they used to advertise with um, <laughs> bearded men in World <laughs> War Two talking? Oh. I know exactly what you mean. What's it yeah. called, that French beer? I can't remember. Beer? It's got something with a year after it or something. I don't know. I was, uh, I don't, I'm not interested um, in beer. 1664. <laughs> Jenny... No, it's... A, in uh, Dalkeith. Stella Artois. Mm. Jenny in Dalkeith has been in touch. She actually got in touch during the week. Mm. 490. Read the Go Compare Man. She was just very keen to hear your thoughts um, on the Go Compare Man is currently on Celebrity Masterchef and is doing very well. He won it, apparently. So she's interested to know Frank, specifically Frank's thoughts on this. Mm. Well, I think he should have been made to go on as (laughs) Luigi or whatever the Go Compare Man is called. (laughs) Yeah. He should have done that. I've made an omelette, like the whole thing. I think he should have have been forced to bend the moustache inwards and use it as a hands-free for a corn on the cob. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a bit weird him doing it. Who else uh, up this week? Meerkat? Exactly. Can't have commercial (laughs) characters on a show. Greg Wallace, your moustache is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, So, um, yes, thanks for... uh, Thanks for listening. That's us, Don. Uh, the next episode of Frank Skinner's, um, not Franchi Skinner, <laughs> Frank Skinner's poetry podcast will be out on Wednesday. It's Jeffrey Hill. I've got to tell you this, guys. Every now and again, I allow myself to be completely self-indulgent in my work. And Jeffrey Hill, the Jeffrey Hill Poetry Podcast, which you can download from wherever you get your podcast this Wednesday. It's called Mercy and Hymns, and it's a combination of the podcast, a combination of poetry and Anglo-Saxon history. Man, did I love it! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I loved doing it so much. I hope you like it too. You know what? Thanks for listening this morning. I'm going to say Emile Franchi again, just because I can. (laughs) You know when you've learned something, you just want to keep doing it? I only say it every week. Anyway... Thanks for listening. If good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.